0: Okay, so we're holding, we're holding in the middle of chapter 18. On um, the page number, on the top is Chof Dalid. On the bottom is 79. If you have the Hebrew English on the bottom, there's the page numbers, page 79. On the top is Chof Dalid. And we are on the third line, right after the brackets. And this um, this page we're talking about... The concept of the Avam Misuteris, the hidden love that there is within every Yid. Just to backtrack very quickly, we're based on the Pasuk of, of the Torah. The, the Possuk says, That is very much within everyone's grasp, it's, it's uh, within everyone's capability to serve Hashem, verbally, emotionally, and in action. And the question is, emotionally means love, fear doesn't seem necessarily so easy. How do we get there? So the first approach of Tanya was using our intellect. And when a person meditates, a person reflects, a person should be able to awaken or generate a basic level of love of Hashem or fear of Hashem. That was approach eight. Uh,
1: they were saying love was easier than fear?
0: Um, no. was the basic premise or no? No, no, no. no, no. no, no. To the contrary, if anything, fear, fear is easier than love. Yes, yes, you mentioned that. Fear is easier than love. But the first approach is that reflection, meditation, and that's really the Rambam's approach. The Rambam in his uh, Yad HaKazaka writes that. He says, you want to know how to love God? Think about it. Learn about it. The more you think, the more you love, the more you contemplate. Sorry, the more you use your intellect, the more you will create emotions. So that's the first approach of Tanya as well. In chapter 18, though, the Rebbe moves on to a second approach. And he says that really every Yid has love over it. We don't have to create it. We don't have to generate it. It's part of our... Um you don't have a Tanya. I'm, I'm listening. Okay, but, but there's another one in the
1: back. There's that's not a good sign. <laughs> yeah, that's the time. That's the
0: time. I'll take the one. Up here.
1: Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no I, oh, <laughs> I was gonna say it's yeah, really, really windy. look like, uh, blew door oh, <laughs> blue <laughs> blue <laughs> in. <Ranger. laughs> He's just wandering outside. Okay. Okay. Never outside. But.
0: Practice. We'll apologize afterward.
1: Oswald, <laughs> well, how are you?
0: <laughs> so, so we're saying that approach number two is that, and that's what we were learning last week, is that within the neshama of a yid, there is that, 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 uh, that feeling. I don't think so. I think that's a another.
1: That's
0: that's a, a siddha. <laughs> I have more. I didn't bring more. Right. See, that's a, I think you think small. Right, you have to right, think. You have right, to yeah. think bigger. <laughs> um, oh, so the, within the nishama of the year, there's already a natural love and fear that's there within our neshama, and we have that as a yerusha. We have that as an inheritance from our Oves, from Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov, from Sarah Rivka from, from our avos from our oves. Now we're in the neshama. Now, now he's going to get. He's gonna go a little more specific today within which part of our nishama is the spark of godliness that makes us godly. We're talking, we have love, we have fear, that comes from a spark of godliness that's rooted within ourselves. We're in our neshama. nishama is not just one general concept. Neshama is broken down. We talked um, a little bit about the ten spheres, the ten attributes of the nishama. So, and Hasidus tells us, and that's what we're going to learn about now, Is that the highest part of the neshama is the level of chachmah. Now, chachmah is loosely translated as. uh, Well, intellect is Seichel in general. But Seichel in in Kabbalah is always broken down into three steps Chachma, bina, and das. Now, in English, that's translated as intellect, wisdom, and knowledge. But I'm not sure about that translation. What is really chachmah and bina? We'll talk about das soon. So the word is can be broken down as koach ma, the power of what. And bina is understanding. What are those two steps, the power of what and understanding? So the way it's explained in Tanya is that whenever we understand something, there's two steps. The first step is the initial flash of the concept coming to us. So if we can picture ourselves trying to understand something, trying to get something, and suddenly... I got it. Like a light bulb goes off on my head. I got it. At that point, I don't really understand it well. I definitely can't explain it. I definitely can't take it apart and see all the details. But that's the flash of wisdom. The initial the flash.
1: Inspiration, so it's, like it's,
0: it's, it's like it could be a flash of inspiration, right? But if, if I'm trying to... Inspiration sometimes is more like an emotional type of thing. But here we're talking with a flash of inspiration in understanding. So again, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with something. I'm trying to understand something. And suddenly it clicks. Suddenly... I get it. Suddenly an idea pops into my mind. That's a combination of both. That's Chachma. chachma that's Chachma. That's Chachma. Chachma is that initial step. And that's why it's called Koachma, the power of what? Because it's the power where I don't yet really understand it. Chachma is really the recipient of the idea where it comes into me. Bina, which is connected with the Hebrew word of binyan, is when I build on that idea. I contemplate, I understand, I take it apart, I put it back together, I analyze. And that's when that idea starts growing arms and legs and starting starts to make sense and I understand it, I can explain it. And that's the Bina process. So Chachma is, all, is always seen as that initial flash of inspiration, that initial f- flash of thought, flash of idea, that's yet, it's still beyond me. It's just that something sort of opened up in my mind. And Bina is already when I take it apart and I understand it and I develop it and I build on it. That's been... Das is further. Das is how it connects to me and so on, which I'm not going to talk about now. It tells us like this. This Chachma is really a very tremendous soul power that we have. If you think about it, the power of chachmah is the power to be a receptacle to something that's above me. Because really, what's understanding all about? There's plenty of ideas out there in the world. What does understanding mean? That an idea that's floating somewhere... Becomes my idea. So first... Good. One second. But now, the, becoming mine, in a sense, it comes into me. So chachma is like my initial receiver. It's almost like, just like physically, if you're picking up something, you need a hand that's a receiver in order to pick up something. So if you're going to pick up an idea, you can't pick up an idea with your hand. So in our mind, we have the receiver. And that receiver is able to take in concepts. Though they may be beyond me at the moment, and then I'm able to sit and think about it and break it down and build on it, and that's bina. Yeah, Dave.
1: So that I guess suppose, and it presupposes that 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 yeah, that there's an infinite amount of ideas out there, and you're just intended to receive them. There's no creative process. The person has no the um, hero number one and two. Like there's no. Uh, ownership of those ideas. I mean, it's like right, like you're going to come up with a solution, a solution came to you.
0: Okay, that's a, that's, that's a very good point. And you're right about that. You're right. There are ideas that are out there, and I, I just have to pick up on them. And there is the concept that a person has the ability to be mechadesh an idea, to come up an idea from an, an even deeper soul power that's not discussed here, but it's discussed in other places in the Chassidus, which is called the koach hamaskil. The power that we have to actually create ideas, and that way we can actually initiate ideas. So you, you made a very good point, because they're, they're both true. Now, usually, I would say many times we're just picking up ideas that there are right when we learn. There's an idea that someone else knows, and they're teaching it to us, and we're getting that idea. But there is also an ability for a person to be machadish an idea, to actually initiate an idea, and that comes from an even deeper soul power, and that's correct. There's even a, a
1: does that come from
0: Chachma is when that idea comes to me. Now, it came from deeper within me, which is a hidden place that I can't feel. It's called the koyach ha-maskil, mm-hmm. the, the the source, the power of ideas. That's beyond Chochmah. Chachma is already the receiver of it when I'm already able to hear myself, so to speak, mm-hmm. when the idea comes into my conscience. Uh, in fact, I'll just say a quick story about that. And that is about um, the Arizal. And we know tonight is the Yom Tov of Rav Shimon Bar but perhaps the greatest disciple of his ever was the Arizal. When I say disciple, I don't mean literally disciple. They lived about 1,400 years apart. But the Arizal was this great master of Kabbalah and teaching. Um, and he lived in Tzfas. And who was the rabbi of Tzfas when the Arizal lived there? Rabbi Yosef Cairo, the author of the Shulchan Aruch. Right? So the Arizal is obviously totally clairvoyant. Totally Ruach HaKadosh. And one time he calls one of his disciples and says, Go to the house of the Rav, Rabbi Yosef, and tell him that he shouldn't be so down. It's okay. Imagine getting such a message. Right? So the Talmud goes. He knocks on the door of Rabbi Yosef. He says, the master, the Arizal, says, don't be so upset. It's okay. And Rabbi Yosef says, wow, it's amazing. How did he know? i gotta go, I got to go talk to him. So Rabbi Yosef comes to the Arizal's house and he says, what was that message all about? So he says, I know that you were down. And I'll tell you why you were down. He says, because the last couple of days you were struggling on a very, very difficult passage in the Gemara." And finally, you thought of an idea. You're an idea, a new way of understanding it. And you, it it was very good. You, it made sense, and you were happy. And then you were walking home, and you passed by a little shul here in Sfas, and you heard people learning, regular people, and they were learning the same Gemara. And one guy asked a question, the other guy answered this answer. The answer that you were working on for a couple of days, and you finally were, you thought of this new approach, and you walked by, and someone just said it. And you fell down. You felt like, uh, what's the word, uh, down. You know, here you, you're, you're, you're the big gruv and the big tzaddik and you thought so much and worked so hard. And then this regular guy just knows it. So Rabbi Yezikar said, yes, that's, that's exactly why I was down this evening. So perhaps you can explain to me why I shouldn't be so down. I mean, after all, that's a little bit frustrating. Rizal says, I'll explain it to you. That's exactly li- 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 what you asked. He says, the truth is, this idea was never in this world. No, it wasn't the Radesh. No one ever thought of it. Once you developed it, once you create, brought the idea down into this rel- the realm of this world, then it became easier and more accessible for everyone. So then when someone asked it, someone gave the answer because you already brought it down into the world.
1: Yeah, that actually works in real real life. Uh, real life thing. Like I just think about it, a guy who ran the first uh, mile in four minutes. Okay, Never done, never done. Nobody could ever do it. This guy was like, working on it for 10 years. Finally, someone else broke the form in a mile. Within the next 10 days, he also broke it because once the <laughs> other guy did it, really? then it was like
0: That's 10 very people. Interesting. Years, That's it? very interesting. Very interesting. But this is a says hundreds of years old. And so the reason I'll explain... I'd like
1: to bring down the lottery numbers. <laughs> you have to
0: stay for the extra shear afterward. That's when I explain I how to do that. that. <laughs> I
1: can do that. For the
0: right price, I can do that. So the... Um, but the reason I'll explain that when a person is machadish something, when a person initiates an idea, that idea is actually brought into the realm of this world and then it becomes much more easily accessible for everyone else as well. And it's interesting that you're saying that that might be not just in Seichel but in other areas as well. It's very interesting.
1: way, you reminded yes. me of a, I read a study, a New York Times article about like the crossword or something and they had a bunch of people who weren't seeing the crossword who would have normally done it like on Sunday and they gave it to them on Monday or something like that. They gave them Sundays on Monday without them being able to see it before and right. their right. percentage of the amount of people that that were successfully completed it was significantly higher than it was on Sunday.
0: Really? <laughs> so you're saying because so many people did it on Sunday already, so it became so something like that was more right, doable?
1: Right. right. It's like yeah. all these thoughts have already been thought. I don't know.
0: It's interesting. It's interesting. You no, know, you know, we're very physical people, so somehow we only attribute significance to things that you can touch. Right. Thinking of that, you know, it's all somewhere. It's not, it's not real. But it's not less real just because we don't see it. You know, it's a different type of reality. There's there's the reality that you can touch, and there's the reality of music, and there's the reality of sound, and there's the reality of thought. And once something was already in the reality of thought in a revealed way, it's revealed. So
1: we know that there are things that, are, that exist physically that are measurable, that are beyond our own... Uh,
0: casual, uh, uh, I guess, uh, perception, capacity, like...
1: You know, there's always a spectrum whether it's in whether it's in, in light or whether it's in sound or whether it's in you know frequency. There's energy frequency, mm-hmm. microwaves, whatever. A microwave makes water molecules vibrate, but you can't see it but you see it. Right. Fisher? Fisher? Fisher. Fisher. It's only entire than the or let you think of something else. Sure? 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 Mm-hmm. No. no. I, I believe so. I believe so.
0: You know, yeah, the Koyach HaMaskil could be part of the Nefesh Reba also. Nefesh also has that. that. No, so not necessarily. Oh, 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 source, a a a source of thought. Yeah. source of thought. Yeah. Thoughts are thoughts. Seichel is seichel. Right? So, so if you're not,
1: if it's not a new thing, it's not in like the Koyach hamaskil. Like Bilal, when Bilal came up with ideas, like trying to figure out ways, where was he pulling
0: from? So it could be this way, it could be that way. I don't know if we always know the origin of every thought. Right? If I'm learning something and I have a teacher teaching it to me so that I don't have to initiate the thought. A thought is being given to me, so to speak, on a silver platter, silver platter. Then I just have to process it and understand it. I don't even need to go through the Chochmah necessarily. Okay, Bill's trying
1: to figure out a way to curse the Jews, right? So he's, going, he's going around different ways, avenues to do that, to figure out a way. Eventually, figure out a way.
0: Sure. But Pastor, that, that might have not necessarily been a lot, you know, it wasn't so much intellectual. He was using spiritual powers, so he was looking for spiritual avenues. I don't mean, think that was like a like a plan, a, like a, a logical plan. Maybe that too, but he was definitely trying so to access.
1: To the the Midian, right. Okay. So right, yeah. Means. For
0: sure. For sure. So that was a larger. That was a scheme. Yeah. When, when you have
1: that aha moment, like you said, when, you know, right. you know, that's that's the koah, that's the koachma, that's ko-ah-ma. That's the, that's the but right. Isn't that also the the, the whatever you? Koach You're not really that really it's really, like your control. Right. Actually. I'm putting that into your brain. Right. You didn't do anything to get there really. Correct,
0: correct. So I'm sitting and oh, working. Gonna... When a person's I I'm trying to understand something. again, I'm working on something. I'm working on a different difficult gemara. I'm working on a different whatever it is. I'm working, right, work, working, working. And suddenly, again, suddenly again a light a light, a flash goes off. So that flash comes from somewhere. That
1: comes from the koh. Kachamask. But
0: my feeling of the flash is my power uh,
1: of okay.
0: is like the is like my mitt to receive the new idea. But
1: it seems like you don't have control
0: over your Chochmah. Right. right? Oh, I can, well, by working hard, working hard I, can tr- I can hopefully access it. I'm triggering it. I, I, I'm tr- triggering. <laughs> triggering. Triggering. Now, but what he's going to say here now is a very interesting thing. This power of chachmah is not only for ideas. It's really the ability for us to be able to grasp something that's beyond us. And this is where he's going to get to, that the essence of our neshama, that godliness that's at the root of our neshama, is, rests, if you will, within the power of chachma of the neshama. Because chachma is the ability to grasp something that's beyond us, something that we don't really understand. Koachma. I don't understand it. Hashem is ultimately beyond our understanding. As much as we understand and as much as we can relate, but there's, it's deeper. And therefore, our relationship with the godly is not limited to our understanding.
1: You think God is limited in understanding us because He's not limited? You think God, being infinite and having no bounds, although He created us and understands all the working parts, will never be able to understand what it feels like to be finite and <laughs> mind. Since He's infinite, He does. But I'm yeah. saying it's, I'm he's taking like understanding. So I was like understanding There's that. no mortality. God doesn't have to deal with that. There's no like, no way that like. But I he's
0: but he's at the essence of everything he created. He didn't create it as an as an independent entity. He is giving it who it is. He's giving it his being. One of the great enigmas is that Hashem creates us, constantly creates us, and gives us the freedom of choice, including the freedom to go against Him. That's that's what Hashem accomplished. You know, created. He, he makes us, knows us inside and out, and gives us the ability while he's creating us to deny his existence. Right? That's all part of Hashem's infinite nature.
1: Right. Just saying that we can't understand the infinite. How can the infinite understand the finite?
0: Because the infinite is not limited in being infinite. Hashem is not limited to infinity, he can be finite as well. But <laughs> I, I feel ourselves floating away. Okay. Here. So, so back here, back here, and here he says. So this is philosophical, but at the end is very practical. His point is a simple one, and that is that the connection of a yid to Hashem is not necessarily. I think someone's I'm not there. Sure.
1: <laughs> My friend Michael. Yeah. Maybe you guys need some pachma. <laughs> <laughs> we lacked the We, we inside didn't inside. want anyone leaving. You right? Uh, I didn't, uh, did You have a flash of inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay, I, I think he's a mala because. It's, He's not wet at all. <laughs> 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 he, has, he has
0: not one mark on his No, you want to introduce him? No, no. Michael.
1: Michael. How are you, Anything else? No. A little
0: chair? here. not sit, sit See, tonight we're worried if anybody would be be. here. I gotta stack up with Tanya's for next time. (laughs) Okay, so what we're saying is like this. The point that he wants to say is that the connection of a Yid to Hashem is not based on intellect. And there's wiser people and less wise people, smarter and more intellectual, less intellectual. We we don't find that people who are more intellectual are more connected to God than people who are less intellectual, or feel more of a passionate connection. In other words, the, the Jewish connection to Hashem was never based on how much we understood Him, and to the contrary, one could argue that many times the simpler people and the people who didn't understand much at all had a tremendous level of emuna. That's really what emuna is all about. The word emuna means faith. Faith is beyond logic. If I know and understand fully, I don't need faith. Faith is that I believe and my relationship is beyond logic. And Chachma is really the part of us that's the seat for what's beyond logic. That's the idea. Let's read it inside. Okay, let's read a bunch, try to read a bunch of lines here together based on what we said. He may... i got three lines from the top on The Chachma is really the source of, what we, of our understanding. The is higher than bina. Shehu bina is already when we understand something and we grasp an idea. The is really beyond <coughs> comprehension, beyond understanding. It's the source of the idea which we're going to comprehend and understand. Zehu <coughs> 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 koyach ma this is
1: these so big
0: name. the word the word chokhma is from the words koyach ma a power of what shehu ma sheenoy musog umuvan it's not really understood The v'einoy nitfas b'hasoga adayin it's not grasped in understanding yet Bilakhain it is for this reason Mislabish ba ein that the infinite light of Hashem, that no thought can really grasp Hashem, is able to be enclosed only in that soul power of ourselves that is able to grasp or able to hold on to that which we don't understand. and this is the reason why call Yisrael, all Jewish people, afilo hanoshim even women, if you remember that in the olden days women were yeah yeah you got to be careful here. But in the olden days, women were very unlearned. That was that was I mean in all spectrums of society, and Kaliyasl was not different. And nevertheless, they were never lesser believers. And or even men, there were plenty of men who didn't know any learning. You know, today we take for granted most people know how to read. In the olden days, a lot of people didn't know how to read. You know, people had to you know, apprentice when they were seven, eight years old with their father, and they never went to school. So, but nevertheless, you had so you have all these jinn and the, the, the very, very uh small levels of knowledge, and nevertheless, he maminim bahashem had this emuna, had this steadfast belief in Hashem. She emuna hi lumal min in hadasvahasoga. Emunah faith by nature of faith is beyond understanding and beyond comprehension. And he, quote, he brings a Pasuk, an interesting Pasuk, I believe it's from Mishlei. He says, Ki pesi yamin dovar. So in Mishle, Shlomo Mala says it in sort of a uh, negative way. He says, Pesi is a fool, understands everything. Uh, I'm sorry, a, a fool believes everything. Va'arum yavin, one who is more, cunning. what, I'm sorry? Is the English word cunning. Cunning, or I think mean, smart, or, 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 or sly, wants to understand. You know, the
1: uh, Yeah, the, <laughs> is the best. How, do, how
0: does he say it in English Tanya? I don't know. It, I don't know. It's a quote. yovin.
1: Prudent.
0: Prudent? The one who's prudent. Okay. Cutting is still good. <laughs> says Now, the truth is, says when you are dealing with Hashem, it's not as if if I'll understand him more then I'll really understand him. Ultimately, Hashem is infinite, like you said. He says, In relation to Hashem, Hashem is essentially higher than Seichel, higher than Das. Wisdom, Hashem created wisdom. Wisdom can never capture Hashem. And there's no Machshava that's able to really grasp him. In a sense, we're all like fools. We're all not, and our Seichel is limited. Our understanding is limited. And our relationship to Hashem cannot be defined by them. We can't define Hashem with our seichel, with our understanding. And that's why weird does Hashem become part of us in the power of Chochma that we have, that Koyachma, the power to grasp that which is above us, above our understanding, that becomes the seat of Hashem in the nisham of Eid. And again, and he says that's where our amuna comes from. That's where our faith comes from. Faith is something that ultimately, you know, I can have proofs, and when it comes to our, our relationship to Hashem, there's a double relationship. On the one hand, there's a mitzvah to know and understand as much as we can about Hashem. right? The passage says, da avicha, to know Hashem. The Rambam starts, Yisoyde, yisoydes, leida, to know. So we're supposed to exercise our understanding and learn and understand.
1: You say that...
0: You um, say that you say this. Yeah, I think later, like to later, he says that all this comes from Hashem That's correct. That's correct. But the Rambam says Leda. Interesting. In the Sefer Hamitzvahs of the Rambam, he writes Laham, because they're both true. There is a mitzvah of Amuna and there's a mitzvah of Yidiyah. Yidiyah means to know as much as we can about Hashem, and that's what we learn.
1: Are you saying Amuna comes without Now, with it ignorant people can have a MUNA basically so I'm not sure which one comes first the ignorance and then you can sell them on the god idea religion or God and you know and it's it's hardwired in there so even those ignorant
0: are. people can have a muna, but very wise people also have to have a muna. You know, as much as they're wise and as much as they understand which is great and we're supposed to understand there's a level of our relationship to hashem that goes beyond that understanding
1: let' say like I agree with you and so, but my, my question I guess is yep. there's a lot of you find a lot more faithfulness right amongst ignorant people than you amongst the educated people who are educated tend to question things and so you have an attrition rate for atheism or agnostics or whatever right. out so I guess that's like I guess that's the question is that like Christian has more knowledge becomes literate and, and, and grows in his knowledge and then is able to question the other Let's say philosophies or knowledge. He now is challenged. That faith is challenged. And yeah, but I wouldn't say that the percentages are higher and ignorant. That are faithful for sure. Or Why? I don't because what else? They what? Same thing here. Like, you know, there's only there's one rabbi for the healer, or maybe he's a traveling guy, and that's all they hold on to. That's their tradition. It's like that's just the way. It doesn't mean they're. I'm saying it doesn't mean they're ignorant. They can't read. They have no other ability to like question anything. Who, are you, ta- like, who are you talking? you talking about? In general populations, you talking about populations in this time frame. Oh, no, I'm talking about, about nowadays. Not, I don't about no, no, no. no. I mean, nowadays, oh, yeah. I guess most people read. I, I like the, I see it's yeah, but I'm saying literacy
0: rate is pretty high. But even nowadays, there are some people that are right. that are very intellectuals and they're sitting and thinking and they're exploring and other people are not and other people are just simpler by nature. There are people who are simpler and people who are deeper. Yeah, if you go, I, if maybe, to. I mean,
1: if you go to, like, I mean, Lahabdil, I guess. If you go to, like, Muslim countries where women were not allowed to, like, read or be educated, I, mean, I would say that they're probably high... high uh, uh, a, Muna. Called, a MUNA rate, or at least they say they are because they don't get burned or stoned. So, but like, I'm just saying like... It's a hel-
0: helpful incentive. <laughs> right, I don't know really, if really <laughs> <how> they <laughs> can say no. <laughs>
1: so do you believe in God? <laughs> do you, yes? also, get, you also get burned in stone if they don't do something. Publicly. You can do whatever you want privately for the most part. No, you can't. As far as getting like... As far as like biblical law, you know you get Yeah, you yeah. can't even call the old old publicly with two edim with custom even even uh, even the fact that the fact right. is the fact right. is that the gemara says humiliation right. the
0: gemara says that there that a best that would execute someone once in seven right. years and, uh, was like a, yeah. the varpella was a, so, so there was two you know, basically with, there was with no executions. almost never happened by kairos No, based on the letter of the law in Chumash yeah but once you get to the gemara you get to it's so impossible to actually do it
1: like Rabbi Schwartz and like Rabbi Cohn or whatever, like do something bedafkin from them, then tell you that it's wrong and it's usher and say, I understand, I don't care. I'm doing it anyway. It's like, who's going to do that? Like, so then, yeah, you deserve it. You're just a schmo.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There was, there was a fellow, I forget the name, it's a mistake that I forgot the name, but there's a fellow who, um, he wrote an article years ago, I'm talking probably 40 years ago, and he was a very, knowledgeable and learned person and a lot of different sciences and so on. And he went in to meet the Lubavitcher Rebbe. For an audience. And he spoke to him for some time and he discussed because the Rebbe, as as we know, was very, very proficient in the sciences and he studied and so on. So he says, he came out and he wrote an article. He says, "I, I have to describe something that was most unique and bizarre to me. He says, the Rebbe, whenever I spoke to him he was brilliant And knowledgeable, and so, what's the word I'm looking for? Just in every area that I spoke, aside from one, in one area he was like it was like talking to a wall. He like the simplest faith, and that's God and Judaism. He says when I talked to him about this science and that science, we talked like equals, and he had what to say and what. When we talked to God, it was like he had his belief, like he said, like a woman who never learned anything. And he said, it was odd because this should be his expertise. This is Judaism, right? That's how he described.
1: That's what we used to describe to, right? Right.
0: So in no, other words, it was really, he wrote us just an article for a paper. But really it's the idea that we're learning over here. As we have to understand, we're supposed to learn and understand, but as wise as we might be, our relationship to Hashem is above that. Because Hashem is above that. And when we try to understand, some people try, have to understand everything about Hashem or everything about the mitzvahs or everything about the Torah, we're really limiting what Hashem is. And here he brings a very beautiful pasik from Tehillim. The line starts with the word Kidduch He says Kidduch as the Pasik says, V'ani bar v'loi Eda, sayisi imach V'ani imach. Anybody has, where, where, where that pasik is in Tehillim? And, really? Uh, I am like a fool and I don't know. I'm like animals with you. It's a quote from Tehillim. Is it what? Ein Gimel or Ayn Dalid?
1: Ein
0: Gimel. Ein Gimel. Okay. seventy-three. So the, 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 uh Dabr Malach, or whoever wrote that per, uh, particular uh, chapter in Tehillim, says like this. He says, I'm like a fool. I don't know. I'm like an animal with you. You meaning Hashem. And I'm always with you. What does that passage in Tehillim mean? Kleima. This means to say that a person understands that my relationship to Hashem, in that relationship, I'm like I'm like a simpleton. I'm like a simpleton. I'm like someone who has no seichel whatsoever. And through that, I connect to you. When I try to um, when I try to uh, frame Hashem in my understanding, I'm I'm actually minimizing that. My relationship is beyond our understanding is for this reason that Yisro. and here we have another a famous Tanya idea now Rebbe says that historically our nation was willing to go to the stake or to the gallows or to the fires of the Inquisition or the Crusaders or the Romans or the Greeks not to disconnect from Hashem. we're willing an en- en- mess to give our lives not to be disconnected thank you but who did it? Was it Davkeh the rabbis, Davkeh the scholars, Dafka the Talmud, the the sadikim? No. Men, women, children, knowledgeable, not knowledgeable. There was that unshakable, this is who I am. And, you know, I don't know all, you know, we discussed uh, comparative religions. I don't know. But I don't know that there's another religion that has such a long history of willingness of Mesir as And community after community. And tragically, we've known it for thousands of years.
1: Yeah, I don't know that's a good thing.
0: <laughs> it's not I, tra- I said it tragic- tragically I'm not, I'm not saying this was a good idea but a point was proven was proven is a certain unshakable connection and a connection that's not logic based and that's what he says that even the simpletons and even people who on a regular day you know did Averis were willing to give their lives for the sanctification of Hashem's name in the majority in the majority and we're willing to really take um, suffer terrible pains. Not to deny their relationship with Hashem, with the one Hashem. Even if we're talking about people who are simpletons and not knowledgeable and really don't have an understanding of the greatness of Hashem. Even the little that they do know, It wasn't like there was a reflection and a meditation the, the Yidin who gave their lives throughout the generations, it wasn't a product of meditation and reflection and good shiurim and good classes that explained it to them. You can't really explain to someone to, to, to let themselves be killed. It doesn't make sense at the end of the day. You're finished. You're done. But it, it came from within because there's a connection that's deep-rooted, that's seated, that... that that, can, that is, doesn't have to be understood in order to be there. Without any understanding and without any uh, meditation. As if it was just as if it's like impossible for these people to deny the oneness of Hashem. Without reasons and explanations and arguments. Because Hashem illuminates and gives vitality to the whole soul through Hashem enclosing himself in the of the divine soul, which is higher than understanding and comprehension that we're able to understand. And therefore, this then is the, this with this he concludes the chapter, but this is his punchline in this chapter. That chachma is that part of me that is able to accept and receive something that's beyond my understanding, and that's where Hashem rests within every year. I was just
1: going to say, it's, it's just saying, Lamayla, Lamayla means it's,
0: it's greater than. It's it's greater than the things that we can actually understand. That's oh, okay. no, greater than bina. I'm
1: just saying it's a higher than bina.
0: Higher than bina, and that's where the godliness is, and that spreads to the entire person. And this he's going to bring back when we get to the next parik and one after that, to that's where the avon ha comes from. That idea that we're, say- that we're saying in this period that I don't really have to, as a Yid, I don't really have to sit down and learn for 10 years in order to create Ahava, but rather it's part of my birthright and as part of my neshama, It's part of something that I have within me, a, re- a connection to Hashem, that's beyond and can't be defined by logic, and that's where that hidden Ahava comes from as well. Do
1: you think that's, that's monotheism or you, it's Yiddish faith. I mean, do like, you think it's like, do I and have that, or is it the belief in one God? Because you obviously know that like, Early Christians got burned at the stake, and Muslims are all on the and stuff. So, like, they seem to be doing it for Hashem, and I wondering if that's like, you know, at, once you go monotheistic, like there's no going back. Sort of like you're committed.
0: What he's talking here about Kali Yisrael? He's talking here about the Kali Yisrael yeah, the and the nefesh elokis, the godly soul. Now, the fact that there are different going, that did different things in different generations. Um, each thing can have its own explanation. There, there sometimes is logical reasons why a person wants to give their life for something. Sometimes a person is so convinced of, take about these, uh, the modern day, um, some of them, is so convinced about various rewards and various things. It's right. worth it, right? Uh, the Yiddish was never based on a reward system. It was never
1: it was, based, based on, know, on We
0: believe in... We believe in, in Haba. Yeah. But it's not like, okay, I'll do it because it's worth it to get 10 points. You know, I'll get, I'll get something.
1: Well, is it, how would that change? The, the, obviously, Olam Haba is not mentioned, right? So, like, it's alluded to, but it's not mentioned. What if, like, yeah, there's no Olam Like, this is it. Like, that's, the lights are out, final call. But, like, but so, there is a Shem. This is the way it is. Are you still willing to be Messias Nefesh?
0: It's a, <laughs> it's a hypothetical question. Right. It go. But it's not, it's not our belief. Right. Our, belief yeah. course, believe, our belief is that there is Olam Of course, our belief is that there is Olam without any doubt. And nevertheless, the concept of viskadishtam of the Torah says that in the midst of, of maseiros nefesh, Hashem, which comes by the way from this week's Torah portion, the concept of kiddush Hashem comes from this sixth portion, um, doesn't say because if you do that you'll get A B C. Right. It's just because you're a yid, and but, we but don't disconnect from Hashem. That
1: were dying. You're saying They weren't. Well, right, red, so right.
0: they may not have known that, yeah. But they, no, nobody came <laughs> to town and <laughs> said, uh, yeah, Nobody came, you know, you. it was never part of the Jewish tradition that oh, if you guys will die, so you're gonna get X amount of reward. It wasn't about reward, it was about that we're Jewish and that's why we were born a Jew, we're gonna die in Jew. Oh, what
1: about a gear?
0: The same thing, a gear has a neshama, a, a full nefesh, that comes from a ramavina. So
1: they, they have it already 100%, 100%. same way. No, exactly? they don't have it
0: already, they get it when they become a gear. When they yeah in fact even halakhically a ger when he becomes a ger halakhically is like a new child it's like he was born then according to strict halakha, a ger can marry his brother or sister because if they're both gerim because they're not considered related anymore yeah. according to Torah according to Torah but rabbinicus says it's not permitted yeah but
1: Torah balance are meant to be broken <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyhow
1: um, <laughs> I don't hear everything it's good um,
0: I'll, I'll finish uh, we finish the p- chapter we have a couple of minutes I'll finish with a Lagba Emer's story that I I say every year like Bomer, uh, usually more than once, but um, it's a story that I heard. This year it takes on special meaning because the person who said the story, who I heard it from initially, passed away last week. Um, he, was an old, he passed away he was in his 80s, upper 80s in Kfar Chabad. He was a very special Chabad rabbi. And this is a story that he tells that he was involved in. And this goes back to the time before the Israeli state was established, and he was part of a movement called the Lehi Movement. You've heard of the Lehi Movement? They were um, the initial fighters. You know, before Again, before 1948. There, there was a few different ones. There was Palmach, and there was a few different One of them was Lehi organization. And they were young guys, and they were fighters, and they would blow up things, and they would, you know, did different activities to get things moving. Anyhow, a young guy that makes aliyah from, I think he said Morocco, or somewhere, Algeria, or somewhere there, and he's like a 19-year-old guy, he's idealistic, he wants to come to Israel, he's going to build a family, and he joins Lechem. And within the first week that he's there, takes a bullet to the spine. And he's in the hospital, totally paralyzed, with no hope that anyone has really for him. And he's depressed. He, he just came up to build a new life, he wants to get have family, he wants to this, and he wanted to help, but now he's, he's finished. And he's depressed, but he can talk. And he says, some of his friends come in to visit him. He says, he's, he's, he's in Yerushalayim. He says, I am you to do me one favor. Call us my last favor. Tonight is Lag Boomer. Or tomorrow night, whatever it is. I want you to get me to Miron. To Rav Shem bar Yochai. If anyone can help me, it's the schoss of the great Sadik and Azir HaTzai. So Francis, says, how are we taking you to Miron? You're, you know, you're in a stretcher. You can't move a limb. You're, I mean, also... The trip from Yerushalayim today to Miron is, I don't know, two and a half hours or so. But then the roads weren't the same and nothing was the same. And this is pre-state of Israel. He says, listen, I know it's not easy. This is what this is my request of you. Are you friends? You know, that's what I'm asking. So they say, you know what? We'll do it. We have some activities anyway. There's some things to blow up around Miron. Um, we'll go. We'll take you. But we don't take any responsibility for this. This is crazy. This is suicide. He says, I have nothing to lose. So they tell him the hospital they want to take him out to get some ear on his wheelchair or whatever. They pull him out, they shove him into the back of a pickup truck and they take off. And they're going up the mountains and down the mountains. He's bouncing up and down and he's totally incapacitated. They get to Meirun, Slag B'Omer by night. They pull out the stretcher from the, from the back of the truck and they put him down in Meirun, near where the you know, uh, uh, tombstone, the kever, is. And the Hasidim are dancing, Slag B'Omer. Everyone's dancing and dancing. And they say, we'll be back in the morning. We'll pick you up in the morning. And it's, Fine. And they, they leave. They come back at 6 in the morning, whatever it is, he's gone. There's no bed, there's no person. They were sure he must have died. Made sense. I mean, he basically, he was very near death in the first place and with the trip and with this. So they're asking, where was that guy who was there on a stretcher and he died? Is he buried? What's the story? As they're looking for him, he walks over to them. And he tells them, he says, the Hasidim were dancing around me and I... I was looking like at my head, shaking, nodding with them. And then I started feeling pain in my back. the first time I felt my back since the accident. And as I'm feeling it more, I'm able to dance with them just with movements. And as the dancing intensifies, the pain intensifies, my movement intensifies until I was able to jump off the bed. <laughs> and I've been dancing ever since. He says, he says, if ever in his life he saw a a person who went from near death to becoming alive, was that night. In No, no. The person, in the, story? the person who was Nifter was a Rav who was in Lachi at the time. He wasn't the person but who was in Yeah, yeah, he was there at the time. He knew the story, the And he said to myself, and there's no question that there's tremendous amount of stories. I'll, t- I'll tell you one more. I have an aunt who, a man, my father's youngest sister, she's probably in her 50s now, early 50s. She was born with spina bifida and all different types of problems. I, mean, yeah. I think that the doctors told my grandmother not to take her home, I mean, she was just so problematic. But my grandmother was a fighter, and she had one surgery, and a second surgery, and a third surgery, and she survived, always with a brace, and always with crutches, and always with everything. But uh, she survived, and she went to school. Every step for her was a miracle. And then she got older, was she able to get married? And, and she, she got married. I remember the wedding, it was like, people were crying. It was like, amazing. And then, is she able to have children? and a number of years, didn't have any children, and everyone figured it's not really a possibility, but she went to Miron, to Reb Shem not on Lag Bomer, regularly then. and she took a promise there, she said, if I have a son, I'm naming him Shima. A year later, she had a boy, and that's Shima, my cousin. Now, he's married already also with children, and then she had another two children, but she is a staunch Reb Shimon Bar person. In fact, tonight, like Bomer, she's there. Yeah. You know, with the half a million people, her with her crutches, she won't miss. She's there like one tonight. She goes up there and she goes to the kever. And uh, so many miss him in that way. So the Gemara says, rib The Reb Shimon has a certain koyach and everyone is able to tap into that koyach, especially when you're when a try to in some way celebrate the simcha of Reb Shimon Bar And should bring you Yeshua's for everyone, whatever they need, and everything, and individually and collectively in Yeshua for Klaal Yisrael. Amen. Yes, Hashem. Amen.
1: Do you do you believe in the iggers and stuff you write a letter to yeah. the of Now you know big holder?